podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. Hi everybody, welcome along to another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast. It's been a while since I've spoken to you because I've been doing the commentary on the New Zealand-England Test Series down in New Zealand and the time scale, honestly, how do they live like that? The other side of the world and it absolutely wrecked my body clock. I've only really just got back into sleeping at the right times so felt a bit jet-lagged and a bit weird actually for the last week or so but it was a good series. The pitch is a little bit slow and a bit low and uninspiring cricket at times but I think England did okay down there. First test match, not great. New Zealand deserved to win that one but they bounced back and put in some good performances in that second test match. Good to see Joe Root getting a double century. So a number of, hate the expression, but positives to take out of that series. I think as England starts to go into this new dawn of Test Match cricket, it's going to take some time for that team to develop and to get into that new mindset of batting long. But I think signs were there and I'm looking forward to the next series in South Africa starting on Boxing Day. That's going to be a real test of Joe Root's team to see how what lessons they learnt in New Zealand. South Africa are a team in transition a little bit, but it's always a tough place to go to a full Test Match series coming up in the end of this year and the start of uh, January for England's cricketers. We'll be talking about that on the Cricket Badger podcast over the coming weeks as well. Also got a an addition coming up with our awards ceremony. If you remember last year, those that were listening to the Cricket Badger podcast last December will know that we have the Cricket Badger Awards, the Badgers. And myself and Graham Harcastle will be dishing out the 2019 awards next week. So get tuned into that and look out on Twitter as well at cricket underscore badger because a couple of those awards will be decided by yourselves. So we'll be running a couple of polls on the Cricket Badger Twitter feed to get your input onto who we give the the awards to. But without further ado, enough of my rambling. Let's get on to this week's Cricket Badger podcast where my guest is all-rounder Leicestershire and Kent, England Alliance. He's been around for what seems like an age but seems to be, be getting better like a fine wine it's darren stevens and i spoke to him been trying to get darren onto the podcast for some time now and this last week has involved a couple of aborted attempts to uh, make the recording but finally sat down with him and he takes on the cricket badger 20 questions like always there's a few thrown in around the edges and i uh, stuck it out on twitter as well and a number of you sent in your questions too so i've been asking those along the way with darren really interesting chat terrific player I think you'll find this interview interesting. Plenty to talk about with Darren Stevens on this week's Cricket Badger Podcast. Cricket Badger Podcast Fact File. Darren Ian Stevens. Kent, Leicestershire and England Lions All-Rounder. Highest first-class score 237 against Yorkshire this year. Best first-class bowling 8 for 75. First class batting average 35.05, bowling average 25.18, a proper all-rounder. The definition of a man for all seasons. Welcome to the podcast Steve-O. Let's have a badger chat. Darren, it's a pleasure to have you on the Cricket Badger podcast. 
going to go through the 20 questions, the Cricket Budget 20 questions. And the first one is, if not a cricketer, what would you have done with your life? Golfer. That, that's a passion, is it? Yeah, that would be my number one, yeah, golfer. Um, I'm very much into property, so I like getting my hands dirty with the old properties. Uh, so that, to be fair, that would probably be, have been the route I'd have gone down. I have, have a number of questions on Twitter for you as well. And Tom Gardner on Twitter says, could you ask him whether he's prepared to sell his eternal youth potion? And if so, how much <laughs> would you take for it? My little secret, that. <laughs> yeah, I've been around, well, what will it be, 24 years this year, I think, next year, I think it is, 24 or 25. Yeah, a lot of learning to got in that and a lot of ups and downs, but um, I think it's more the passion and the desire to just keep competing at uh, at the higher level, really, I guess I've not played for England. Uh, I've been on a lot of A tours, and but I've never, you know, I've never won the um, the England badge. So it's, I don't know what it's actually like at that level. But for me, um, you know, county cricket is the, it's the highest level I've ever played. So I think that's why I've still got a bit of desire to keep going. I mean, looking at your stats, Darren. I mean, as you say, you've been around for, for decades now, but the, the measure of a quality all-rounder is whether your batting average exceeds your bowling average. In the first-class cricket, yours does by some way, doesn't it? You know, you, you've got 517 wickets at 25 as a bowler. Your batting average is 35. That's, that's pretty decent stats. Is it, is it a regret that you've never really had, you've never had the chance with England? I look, I'll always look back and wish I'd have played for my country because, you know, I've... You know, a lot of people, there was a few rumours flying around that I didn't have enough desire to play for my country. I thought it was a lot of rubbish. Um, I think people just show it in different ways. But my stats thing, like the bowling was just a bit of a lucky, oh, lucky, I've always bowled, but I never really, you know, I never, I wanted to bowl more. But at, when I was at Leicester, there was just too, um, too many all-rounders. So I was never going to get a go. So I, I didn't really um, like the world when I was at, at Leicester. I didn't do brilliantly with a bat. I was still learning. I was, I was very young and a bit naive. And um, I think it just took the move to Kent um, where I didn't know anybody. A bit of a, it sort of gave me a kick up the backside. And, you know, I sort of switched on then. And obviously the, bat, uh, the batting sort of took care of itself early early years at Kent. And then Keezy sort of gave me the opportunity with a ball a few times. And I, I sort of took it with both hands and I suppose the rest is history. Is it fitness? I mean, you, you, you're in the gym this morning, I know, because you, you, we message each other. That, is it fitness that's kept you going as long as it is? Is it a desire to stay on the park? Um, I, I think it's a lot of a lot of desire. Look, I'm not a, I'm not a massive gym man, and I think this year I've sort of stepped it up a little bit more, um, just because you know the way the way the game's going now, it's uh, it's fitness, fitness, and. I've, look, I don't, I'm not a big weights man. I'm a, I'm a circuits and cardio, and that sort of just um, keeps my weight off. I don't know. It's a lot of desire. Look, I go away every winter, and I, I play for at least a month, two months abroad, just to sort of tick over. And my missus is giving me a bit of a pass out this, uh, this winter to go away, so I'm looking forward to that in January. Where are you going? Uh, I'm off to Cape Town, so I'm linked with a club called Claremont Cricket Club. I was captain coach there last year, and then uh, I'm just going over as the overseas for. Uh, for three months, so I get about 13 games, and it's great. You made your debut in 1997, and there's not many cricketers around still that are kind of pre-T20 era on the circuit anymore. But you've gone through a stage in English cricket, certainly domestically, where cricket's changed enormously, hasn't it, since you made your debut, T20 yeah. coming in. But that that concentration on sort of strength and conditioning and and diets and keeping people as fit as, as fit as possible, I guess, has helped you no end. <laughs> that stuff called Guinness has helped me quite a lot. 
<laughs> Numbs the bones. Um, yeah, look, I think somebody brought it up not long ago. I did an interview with um, uh, Mark Pennell, and he was like, "This is going to be, you know, this is going to be um, four decades for you." And I was like, "What?" Just looking back at it, it'll be four decades starting next year. So, um, yeah, I've seen it all, I suppose. And I, I, looking at it, I, the way you know, I'll, I'll tap myself on the back because the way I've kept up with the game and you know the way it has changed, I've sort of gone with it. No complaints. Try to develop as much as I can with the bat and the ball, and and just to keep up with these younguns. I think that's another reason why it sort of kept me going. Really, the challenges each year's got more, and um, I thrive on challenges. What's been your best moment in cricket? If you can go back over those years and pick out one day to relive, where would you take me? Probably the 2007-2020. You know, we needed about 32, I think it was, off two overs. Yeah, knocking the winning runs off, walked off 30, I'd not out. That'll be up there for me, definitely, without a doubt. I've played in a lot of finals, and I think I've been to eight finals days, won two. You know, I've been over to Bangladesh, uh, a bit of controversy over there, but I still walked away with three trophies. And uh, I suppose the one-day stuff, getting to the finals day uh, three times at Lord's. And unfortunately, that's not, that's not a great one, actually, because I've not walked away with a trophy there. Chris Walton on Twitter asked about the England selection thing. And that there was a, a, lot, a lot of tongue-in-cheek, I guess, comments on Twitter towards the end of the summer. You finished the summer in ridiculous style. My county is Yorkshire, and you battered Yorkshire left, right and centre in that county game. I mean, yeah. not, necessarily, not necessarily this time round, but there must have been times when you thought, there's, there's people that I'm better than getting picked for England and I'm being overlooked. Has that, has that ever been a case? I, I, I suppose down, but I can't. I can't look at it like that, mate. You know, I, I, I'm a I'm, I'm a big England man. I, I'm passionate. Um, I'd have loved it to have happened, but I, I just want to see us doing well. You know, I want to see us succeed and win. And you know, watching us um, win the World Cup in the one day this year, you know, Morgan's has done an unbelievable job. The way he's, he's he's rallied these boys over the last five years or so you know it was all down to that one day and it, it fell our way and you know I'm really proud to be to be English and supporting the lads you know and at the minute we've got Joe Denley and um, Zach Crawley in the team and I'm, I'm very close with both of them um, I'm just I can't be proud enough just watching them do well yes deep down I wish I wish I do wish but you know it's not one of those things that I can't dwell on it um, I'm very happy with what I've done at Kent and um, you know I'm going to keep trying to win games for Kent so on just a word on Zach Crawley. I, I've not seen a lot of Zach, and I, I, I saw his six balls for England, which didn't necessarily crowd him in glory. But I've heard from people down south that he's the real deal. Is, is he somebody that you think has got a long future for England? Comfortably, yeah, without a doubt. Um, but yeah, very much so. He's, you know, he's one of the, you know, for a 21-year-old kid, he's very strong-minded, um, and his game itself just sort of takes care of itself. He's. Um, He's, he's very good on the short stuff, the four balls. You know, he, he's, I think he's an out, outstanding cricketer. And he, I think he'll be successful, you know, for years to come. What's been your worst moment in cricket? We've done the good stuff. What's, what's been, if you turn me back to a bad day, what what would be the worst day? Oh. <laughs> uh, there'll, oh, there'll be a, all my losses, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> mainly, the, mainly the finals. Uh, finals are tough. You know, losing at Lords three times, twice, Leicester, Kent. Um, oh, no, Kent again. So I've lost three times at Lords. That was tough. You know, and I, I was at um, mid-off with Scott Boswell when he bowled them 16 ball, that 16 ball over. You know, that was really tough to take, um, seeing a mate go through that. But losing that game as well 
with a side we had. And then, oh, 2020s, oh, losing it. We lost against Middlesex. We needed four to win. Oh, nine at Hampshire. We needed four to win. With Justin Kemp and Azamamud at the crease. And at the time, they were the two of the biggest hitters in the, in the world. Um, Justin Kemp especially. We needed four off three balls. Length ball played a miss. Length ball played a miss. Ran down last ball. Yorked himself. Game over. That was, that was probably one of the toughest things to take. Yeah. But that over from Scott Boswell you mentioned there, what was, what was that like? Because, I mean, I've watched that a few times on, on YouTube. And, you know, I mean, the, the poor guy was struggling and it was, it was horrible to watch. But as a, as a teammate, you must, oh, you must want to kind of cuddle him and keep him going. But you also must want oh. to kind of not make eye contact. Oh, mate, it was, it was so hard. Like, the game before, we got the semi-final we played against Lanks at home, and he got four for, like, four for spit as well, and he got all the big guns out. But if I remember, like, I caught three of them at square leg because he was getting them wrong down the leg side, and then the last one was Fairbrother going across him as a left-hander. Um, and he, like, just chatting to him over the, the you know, the week's build-up, he was just like, he said, I'm not in rhythm, I don't feel great. So his confidence wasn't, even though he got four for his confidence wasn't great. And I, I remember the morning of the game, like Devon Malcolm had declared himself fit. So it was like Devon Malcolm, Scott Boswell. How can you drop Scott Boswell? He's just got four for in the um, semi-final. So it was all a bit... They ended up obviously going with Scott. And, um, you know, Dev didn't play that game. Uh, you know, and I suppose, you know, the rest is the rest is history. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a really tough time. Tough time for him. Tough time to, for us watching him go through that. Yeah, shame. Discover one of the most beautiful lifestyle resorts in the Caribbean at the Accra Beach Hotel and Spa. Located on the south coast of Barbados, this beachfront property offers 224 rooms, sparkling pools, four restaurants, three bars, an on-site spa event and conferencing facilities, and a welcoming team providing unparalleled relaxation to make your stay a memorable one. What are you waiting for? Book your reservation at this award-winning hotel today and experience the Caribbean dream. Who was your cricket hero when you were young? Who was the poster on the wall that inspired you? Uh, interesting one, really, because I was quite a late developer in cricket. I didn't really, I didn't really look into it that deeply. But um, I suppose you know one that stands out is both them and Viv Richards. Um, the way they played the game was, you know, it was, you know, they took it to any bowler that, that bowled at them, and I, I really, I really enjoyed that. And I, I suppose looking at that deep down, that's probably that's the way I, look, I, I approach my game. You know, I'm quite an aggressive player, so it's, I suppose watching them play over the years is. Yeah, I'd say them too. If you could trade lives, Darren Stevens, with any cricketer for a day, if you could live in their skin, experience what it's like to play like them and live like them, who would you pick? <laughs> I'd have to say, I'd have, I'd have to say this, or even even both of them. You know that eighty-one series. Oh my word! Yeah, even him in that, you know, it'd been that'd have been unbelievable. Smoking it, smashing it everywhere like he did, and getting the wickets like he oh, Yeah, definitely both. Going to put you in charge of world cricket for a day. If you could change anything, what would be the first thing you'd do to cricket to make it better? I'd change 50 overs to 40 overs. I reckon that's the best format. You know, we played that 40 over comp for about four or five years. 
and um, it took us about a year or so to get used to it. But after that, we we as players, we just we loved it. Um, we were gutted to see it go. I wouldn't be messing around with T20. I think it's a success. Uh, it'll always be a success. You know, I had a little bit of a question mark over this hundred ball, but I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be fun and exciting. And but I, I think 2020s, you know, it's there forevermore. But other than that, I don't think I would change much. Marco on Twitter, he asked, which of the Kent grounds do you prefer? Uh, I'm obviously a Spitfire ground man. Love love Canterbury. Um, it's been tough over the last few years batting there, but um, I, I just love playing there. I love the crowds. You know, we've always got people in, you know, four day game, first day to the last day. You know, we're, we're very lucky with the support that we get. Um, and I, I really love playing at um, T. Wells. I think it's a great little out ground. You know, if I go back to the years where we had a four day game, a one-day game, and then the start of the 2020 all in a week. You know, that was they were great times. They were uh, just a shame how it's all split up now and you literally only get to play a four-day game there. Uh, but, yeah, it's a beautiful ground. I sometimes think you're a bit miscast. Um, when people are talking about county cricket and how it could be made better and the balls and the pitches, etc., you're always the example that people use about Darren Stevens gets loads of wickets bowling his dibbly-dobbly medium paces. And Did you get get offended by that? Um, yeah, it is a bit frustrating. To be fair, though, I don't need to say any more after this year. Um, you know, there was a lot of, even people at my club, um, hierarchies at the club were like, you know, you won't get any wickets on first first, uh, first division grounds. You know, and that was really, that hurt, really. But then, look, you know, I won't get the wickets on test grounds. Well, I got a 10 for on a test ground. I got a 5 to beat Surrey at the Oval. Uh, I got five on a flat, five for on a flat one at um, Hampshire. I, you know, I got 52, 50 odd wickets at, whatever it was in the first division. So, to be fair, mate, I don't really need to say anything else. No. That's a fair comment. That, that game at, uh, that you played against Yorkshire where you got your double century, I, I wasn't at that game, I'm afraid, but I, a couple of friends were in the press box and they just said that it was just ridiculous because you, you came into the crease with Kent in, in dire need of um, some runs and added loads and loads of runs for that. Was it fifth wicket? It was just a crazy inning. Oh, mate, it was... <laughs> it was... I, don't, like, I still don't think it's sunk in. Um, it was one of the, it's just one of those days where you, we were in trouble. So it was, you know, you go out and you're 35 for five. You know, it's not even 11 o'clock on the first day of the game. Put yourself into bat. It looked a good pitch. It, to be fair, it was a good pitch. It just nibbled a bit before 11 o'clock and we unfortunately lost five wickets. But um, I, said, I just said to Sammy, I said, look, mate, uh, I just said to Sammy, look, you know, I'm, I'm going to... Um, you know, I'm not going to hold back here. I'd rather it be 100 and, 120 all out than 50 all out. So he was like, no, no, go for it. Uh, and then I think it was Patterson came on. And, and this, to me, changed the game for us because he's been their number one bowler for years and years and years. You know, he's a go-to man. He doesn't go in it any more than, you know, one and a half, two and over max, you know, for the last 10 years he's been playing. Um, you know, and he's a very skillful bowler. But he, he came on and I said to Sammy, we had a chat in a minute. I just said, look, if this is length, because I know that he looks at the stumps all the time. I said, if this is length, the first ball he's going, because um, then I reckon we could put him under the pump. And yeah, he bowled one top of the off stump, hit him over his head for four, uh, and then he bowled a bit wider. And I think I hit him for 12 in his first over. And then after that, just things changed. Um, they went very defensive and offside field, and uh, we took a few risks and hit him in the gaps, and we were, we were sort of away. Um, and then after that, I just felt like we had the momentum back with us. And I suppose looking at it now, it, it worked. It worked well, but it could, you know, it, it's one of those things where it could have been silly. I could have just chipped one in the air, and it'd have been, you know, 
40, 40 for six, but, um, you know, it went our way. You got 237, 225 fours, 28 fours, nine sixes. You sh- Sam Billingsley, you mentioned there, 138, shared in a huge yeah. partnership for that wicket with him. But that, that match was one where you, you were struck, you know, you were, there was a lot of talk about your contract situation with Kent. You've got another year now um, with Kent as a result, possibly, of that innings and, and that game. That, that game was huge. It was interesting because, like, the game before, we were up at Knots and there was a lot of chat. To be fair, Sam and Walks were wanting to sign me on and uh, the hierarchy didn't really, they wanted to go in a different direction and they made that very clear and vocal and they were saying, look, my, my bowling's struggling, then I get temper and uh, they pushed my cause again and then they said, oh, my, my batting's struggling, then I get 200 and it was like, well, you know, they've got nowhere to go, they have to give me a contract. But yeah. can, I just, uh, can I just say one thing on, the, on the, the, the Yorkshire game? You know, yeah, I got 205 for probably my best game ever, but the kid at the other end, I've, n- I've never seen anything like it. For a bloke who was going berserk like I was, for a bloke to, you know, stay as calm as he did and churn out 100 like he did um, was unbelievable. Looking back at it now, I've got a massive respect for how he played. Because when, when things go like that, you, you can, you know, I've been in that situation where people are going the other end and you just want to keep going with them. And, you, you, you know, it doesn't happen, it doesn't work. But the way he played that game... After coming, especially coming back from a bad injury like he had, you know, everybody was writing off the rest of the year. And, you know, he came back, he got a, good, he got a really good injury up at, um, at Knotts. Um, but then, you know, that, that first innings um, that helped us win the game really got us in a great position. But him getting 100 whilst, you know, the fireworks are going on the other end was just unbelievable. Um, and then getting another 100 in the second innings was just outstanding. He finished the county season ridiculously well, didn't he? And I've always, I've always thought of Sam Billings as a white ball player because that's what he kind of plays his trade. He goes to franchise cricket and he plays a lot of T20, doesn't he? But that, yeah. that end of the season shows that potentially he could play test cricket. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's, you know, I hope it, it works out for him, but I, I hope he's going to stay here uh, for the start of the winter. You know, I just hope, uh, you know, because there's, I don't think he's going back to Chennai, so I'm really hoping that he actually doesn't go in the IPL and stays here and plays for, for Kent. Because we've got seven games early season. It's a big year for the club. We've got 150 years this year. You know, him as club captain, it'd be, um, it'd be a bit disappointing if he did go away. And So I think the first part of the year is quite crucial for us. I'm going to get on to some questions now which aren't necessarily cricket. You can choose whatever answers you want. But they say all rock stars want to be sportsmen and vice versa. If you could have been famous doing something else what field would you have chosen? And I guess you've already answered that in a degree. You'd have been Tiger Woods, yeah. wouldn't you? Oh, all over it. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, no, Jack Nicklaus. There's too much controversy with Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> the, the next question is usually, if you could meet anybody living or dead, who would you like to meet? But we've had the white tyke on Twitter. He's kind of changed this question for you. If you could okay. play a round of golf with any three people, alive or dead, who would you pick to play a round of golf with? If you had a foursome, who would the other three be? I'd have to throw Tiger Woods in there. Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer. Not a bad choice. Oh, mate. Three absolute greats. You could pick their brains a bit, couldn't you, about what it was like to oh. get to the very top? Oh, mate, yeah. In everything, yeah, definitely. Steven Spielberg's been on the phone. They're going to make Steve-O the movie. Who would you cast in the <laughs> leading role to play you in the movie about your life? Uh, um, uh, another thing, it has to be somebody like uh, maybe a Matt Damon or a 
Um, who's the guy who played in the Warrior? What's his name? Mm. Tom Hardy. He looks a bit rough around the edges like me. <laughs> What's the last time you can remember feeling really nervous? Are you, are you the sort of person that dwells on stuff and gets a bit nervy, or do you just take things in your stride? I mate, every time I go out to bat, I get nervous. Every time I, I get to a game, I'm nervous. It just changes it. when you get across the white line, you know, over the ropes. It's a different ball game. Yeah, it switches on and just naturally. But um, no, I, I get nervous rocking up to a game. I love it. You know, the old butterflies in your stomach. I don't. If I didn't have that, I don't think I'd be playing anymore. A new feature on the Cricket Badger podcast is the letters page. Very much in inverted commas, because what we want you to do is to record your comments on to your telephone. Send us the audio to cricketbadger at hotmail.com and we'll play it out as part of that letter page function. Maybe even react to what you say, whether it's an opinion on cricket, international or domestic. Maybe you've got some selection suggestions for the England team or for your county. Maybe you just want to have a bit of a rant. Make it anything up to a minute long. Send it in to cricketbadger at hotmail.com and you might find yourself on next week's podcast. Bucket list, things to do before you die. What's the top item on yours? This is golf related, so I apologise for this. But I'd like to do um, camper van around Ireland, all the golf courses around the coast, and then the same um, in America. I'd like to do a little trip all up the west coast. Uh, same thing, little camper van, little two or three week trip doing all the golf courses along there. That sounds good. Sounds very good. Are you a morning yeah. or a night person? Night person. What celebrity annoys you the most? Reality TV stars, probably. On a scale of one to ten, with ten being the Fonz, how cool would you say you are? How's <laughs> this question? A scale of one to ten, ten being as cool as Fonz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife's just gone. Is there a minus in that? <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go off. I'm going to have to go 50-50. I can't go above, but I'll go five out of ten. All right. If you had access to a time machine, where or when would you go to? You can go back or forwards. Back or forwards. I'd be intrigued to see how cricket is in 20 years' time. Yeah, how it's changed. Yeah. Because it will change. I mean, if you look back over the last 20 years, it's changed enormously, yeah. hasn't it? So the next 20 years, who yeah. knows? But how can it change? I know they brought in T10, and that's, you know, that's sort of getting of, um, you know, people or players and that are quite liking it, but... Where, where can it go? Where can it go from there? I can't go to five overs. It's going to always time that is. I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll be amazed. Will there be county championship look the same? Will the test matches look the same? Will they be preserved or will they will they die as a result of white ball cricket? Yeah, I don't. I don't think test cricket will change. I think there's question marks over championship cricket, isn't there? With is there too many teams? And like personally, I, I think you know because there's a lot of moaning and moaning about these. The, uh, the pitches in the two divisions and I, I just think that's our own fault because we've created that you know the one division we have never had any issues you know we go to two divisions and you split teams up and yes the better teams are in the top division but actually you're creating um, you keep creating poor cricket in the second division because all people want to do is get out of the league so they create yeah. poor pitches Um in Division 1, people want to set up pitches that keep them in Division 1. And in Division 2, you want result pitches that get you out of it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an interesting... You know, I've done a couple of chats and interviews about this now. And I personally think it's an off-star game and an on-star game. So coming into the first division this year, you're more in the channel outside off-stump, full-stump. 
um, leaving the ball alone a lot more, being a bit more patient. Second division, it's all about hitting the stumps because yeah. you can do that with the, the poor pitches. So everything becomes an onside game, not much hit on the offside. So yeah, that, that's my, my that's my view on it really. I think the, the two divisions is, is going to um, it'll end up getting rid of clubs. Um, where I thought, you know, it, it worked for years. One division, everybody plays everybody. You know, the, the top team wins. Uh, that's how I see it. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would you pick? Uh, Cape Town. Yeah, it's a good place, isn't it? Amazing. It's amazing. I, I walked into that ground. We went, I went across to watch Yorkshire in the, champ, in the Champions League. I walked into that ground and it just took my breath away. It was the, the only cricket ground I've ever walked into where I've gone, wow. It's a beautiful yeah, place, Cape Town. It's phenomenal, mate. Best, it's amazing. Amazing place. Oh, Australia's lovely and... You know, Sydney's nice and Melbourne's an amazing spot, but Cape Town, I feel, I feel it's just got everything. And it's only 11 hours away, not 24. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would you, ch- what would you choose to change? My metabolism. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like these young guns that could eat anything they want and don't, don't put any weight on, where I look, at, I look at a pizza or a burger and I'll, it goes straight on my cheeks. <laughs> We've got two questions left, Darren. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, the usual question is, what will you be doing in 10 years' time? But we've had Andy Knight on Twitter. He says, what are Darren's plans when he eventually calls time on his playing career? Which I guess is the same question. What are you going to do when you pack in? I mentioned it earlier, like the, the property stuff I, I, I'd like to get my teeth into. Um, you know, I'm learning a lot at the moment, so um, who knows where that'll go. But I think that'll be more of a side thing. But coaching, I've just finished my level three. Um, I've been doing a lot of coaching over the last few years. Uh, I was in conversations with Northlands actually about um, a player coach role there if Kent weren't going to take me on. Uh, that I was quite excited about because the bowling role had just come up and that's, you know, I'm quite going down that route. I've been doing, I've got quite a few master classes that I've set up here at Kent. Um, working with a mixture actually of youth, yeah, young kids to, uh, to adults. It's been, uh, we've had good feedback on that. That's been good fun. I work with Gary Kirsten in the winter, picking his brains for six months. I'm going back there as well to work with him for three months. Aidy Birrell down at Hampshire, work with him. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get down the coaching front. You know, I feel like I've got a lot to give. And if, uh, I guess the player coaching way into it keeps you going on the pitch as well. If that, you, know, you get to the end of next season, that is a potential, isn't it, to carry on maybe playing a little bit, but also coach as well. Yeah, we could, that, you know, it could be worse as long as, you know, the body stays, stays in one piece. Um, but yeah, that'd be a nice. Because I, I don't think there's any better way of teaching people than in the middle. You know, you you can't get match fit without playing. And I, I don't. I think you you get the best part of coaching whilst say I'm batting at the other end with a one of the youngsters or um, standing at mid off while you know one of the youngest is, is trying to work on certain things. And yeah, I think it's a great way of great way of teaching. And the final question, Darren Stevens. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast this week. It's taken some organising, this, isn't it? But we've finally got there. And the yeah, final question did, yeah. is, if you've been picking these questions yourself and you've been able to ask yourself anything to get a great and exclusive answer, what question would you, what question would you have asked yourself? My thoughts on, you know, not playing for England. Um, and then the other one would be um, my plans after cricket. Darren, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Enjoy South Africa and enjoy, well, it might be your final year in County Cricket. It might be one of many more to come because you just seem to be around forever. But uh, whatever that elixir of youth is, keep sipping it. And it's been good to have you on the show. All right, James, thanks very much. It's that Badger style.
My thanks to Darren Stevens for his time on the podcast this week. Pleasure to talk to him. I wish him all the best for next year in what may be his final season in county cricket, but you never know. He seems to go on forever and he'll soon be missed off the circuit once he finally hangs up his boots. As I said at the start of the show, stay tuned because we've got plenty of good podcasts coming your way as well over the next few weeks. Keep an eye out on Twitter at cricket underscore badger for the polls for next week's show for the Badgers, the Cricket Badger Awards show next week. And please, if you like this podcast, like it, subscribe to it, leave some nice comments so that it spreads the word and gets other people listening along the way. Your support is massively appreciated. And even though it's winter, and even though the county grounds around this country are being treated and readied for next season, there's plenty of cricket around the world. So I can still say this, until next week, Badgers, enjoy your cricket. Podcast Network.